The Lifestylist, episode 123, featuring Dr. Jane Goldberg. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. You're listening to part one of two with Dr. Jane Goldberg. Yo, 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 2018 is shaping up with some fantastic events that I'm fortunate enough to be a part of, not the least of which being Yog Talks this Thursday, February 15th in Venice, California. If you want to come hang out with me and a bunch of other fascinating people, it's real easy. Just go to lukestory.com forward slash events and you can hook yourself up with a ticket for $9 and then it's $11 at the door. So that's this Thursday, February 15th in Venice, California. Starts at 7 p.m. It's going to be me, you, a few other panelists and about 150 lucky guests talking about all things conscious relating and what it means to be a man in today's day and age. So go to lukestory.com forward slash events and you can come down and celebrate not only the gathering, but the 21st year of my sobriety, a date that is very sacred and special to me. I'd love to spend it with you, so come on down. Before we dive into this episode, let's talk about connection, you guys. One thing that's really missing from so many of our lives, and there are a number of ways that we can connect. Of course, there are the live events like the one that I just mentioned happening this Thursday. However, in order to foster this community and really create a space where we can all hang out virtually, but at the same time get to know each other and provide value, is at my brand new Facebook group for the Lifestylist podcast. That's where I post tons of exclusive live videos. I answer questions. Other listeners answer questions. It's turning into something really cool. We have about 500 people in there so far, and it's growing every day. So I want to invite you. Go to facebook.com forward slash groups slash The Lifestylist Podcast, or just keep it simple. Open your Facebook page and search The Lifestylist Podcast, and you will more than likely find the group. Send me a request, I'll let you in, and we will hang out over there. I'd also like to invite you to join me on Instagram. My Instagram is real easy. That's at Luke Story. Don't forget the EY. If you want to see a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, I'm posting all sorts of craziness on Instagram Lives and also in my Instagram Stories. That's where I get to be the most real because, quite frankly, I know that shit's going to disappear in 24 hours. So I do things on there that I would never do on other platforms. So if you want to get some great behind-the-scenes stuff and see how I produce this show, I'll actually just do things like put a camera on in my studio where I'm recording this right now and show the process of actually cutting these ads and how I do the editing and the notes and all of that kind of stuff. So please come hang out over at Instagram at Luke Story. And then finally, I'd like to invite you as always to join my mailing list. That's super easy. If you're on a US phone, all you have to do to join the mailing list is text the word lifestylist, all lowercase one word, the word lifestylist to this number. The phone number you're going to text is 44222. So text the word lifestylist to the number 44222 on any U.S. phone and you'll be prompted to enter your name and email and the rest just magically happens. Now, if you don't have a U.S. phone, super simple. 
Go to lukestory.com forward slash newsletter, enter your name and email, and voila, you are on the list where I will send you notifications of any events or podcast releases or anything that I think you will find valuable. So there are three ways we can connect, the Facebook group, Instagram, and the newsletter. Now let's jump into the rest of this episode. Just when I thought I had discovered every badass health product in the world, along comes Athletic Greens, my newest discovery. Now, Athletic Greens is more than just another greens product. There's a lot of them on the market. This is the most complete whole food supplement available. It's got over 75 ingredients working together to help with 11 different areas of health. It's developed over the past 10 years by doctors, nutritionists, and naturopath. And one scoop is like having 11 supplements in one. So what I really like about Athletic Greens is the convenience factor. Oftentimes when I get up and I'm on the go, I got to record podcasts, etc. I don't have time to sit there and open 45 bottles of supplements. Yes, even me, the supplement king, runs out of time. So one scoop of the old Athletic Greens, mix that up in some water right when I wake up, or I might even throw it into a smoothie, and I'm good to go. I've got all the vitamins, minerals, alkaline superfoods, herbs, antioxidants, and then what's really cool, it also has enzymes and probiotics to help with digestion. So it's super badass. I want you to check it out, and I want you to check it out so bad that I've talked them into giving you 20 free travel packs valued at 99 bucks with your first purchase. It's pretty cool. So to hook up on the Athletic Greens, here's what you're going to do. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke and claim your special offer today. So once again, that's athleticgreens.com dot com forward slash Luke. Check it out. It's a game changer. Part of my mission at the Lifestylist podcast is to support innovation and companies that are really helping to encourage people to be healthy. And Health IQ is one such company. They're a life insurance agency that gets exclusive discounts based on your lifestyle and your level of health. So if you're someone that works out, does yoga, you're a cyclist, you're paleo, you're vegetarian, you lift weights, you're a biohacker, you can actually save money on your life insurance. It's a really dope new way to do things. And that's why I want to tell you about it. So if you want to talk to an agent to see if you qualify, you can go to healthiq.com forward slash lifestylist, or just get in touch with Health IQ. Use the promo code lifestylist and they are going to hook you up. 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance just for being healthy and proving that they are. So it's definitely worth checking out. All your hard work as a biohacker can now pay off in the form of deep discounts on your life insurance at healthiq.com forward slash lifestylist. What's happening, my spiritual warriors and ballistic biohackers? Luke Story here from lukestory.com, bringing you another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. That's right, we're at it again. We back. We're doing the damn thing. Today's guest is Dr. Jane Goldberg, PhD. She's the founder and owner of La Casa Spa and Wellness Center in New York, one of my favorite spots in the city, a biohacker's haven indeed it is. And that's where we recorded this particular episode. She's also got a spot called La Casa Spa and Wellness Center in Puerto Rico. She's a licensed psychologist, a certified psychoanalyst, which I could probably use, and a stone carrier medicine woman of the Nemaha Band and Native American Traditional Organization. 
She's also the author of eight books, including The Dark Side of Love and her most recent, My Mother, My Daughter, Myself. She's spoken all over the world on the true origins of disease, which is a lot of what we talk about in this episode. She also happens to be the world's first and probably the most knowledgeable female biohacker. Jane's been into this stuff for like 30 years, so everything you hear me and my other guests talk about, she is an official OG, original gangster. And her La Casa Spa in New York is, as I said, this mecca of every kind of freaking healing device and modality you could ever dream of. I was in heaven there. So I spent the better part of a day there with her and her spa using all these crazy biohacking devices, uh, huffing vital reaction, hydrogen gas, and just doing all kinds of madness, getting prepped for our talk. So when we dug into this stuff, uh, it was no joke and it went for a couple hours, which is why this is a double episode. There was just like no way to only talk to this woman for an hour. She's so knowledgeable about not only the body and uh, natural healing and health, but also the spiritual and psychological component as well, which of course is in perfect alignment with this show. So here's what we talk about in this intriguing and fascinating episode. Why combining PEMF and ozone with colonics is the most powerful way to do it. How Germany beat Big Pharma. The benefits and dangers of taking PEMF devices on airplanes. <laughs> Something that I didn't know before that talk with her. The powerful benefits of anal and vaginal ozone therapy. Yes, that's right. Now, unfortunately, I did not get to try that, but uh, one of these days I will. How sensory deprivation chambers increase your creativity and intelligence. The benefits of psychotherapy and how it compares to meditation. How to create the witness perspective in your daily life. Why all wheat and gluten is toxic for everyone, not just celiacs. The vital importance of vitamin D3, magnesium, and the secret to why we're all deficient. How red light therapy helps your body heal and gives you more energy. The power of hydrogen water supplements and inhalers for the ultimate anti-inflammatory and antioxidant experience. How to fix thyroid and hormonal problems naturally. To eat dairy or to not eat dairy, that is the question. Well, the question is answered affirmative when that dairy is raw, and she's going to tell you why. The best natural animal milks to use as a breastfeeding alternative. Turns out formula, not so much, but there are certain animal milks that are really good for babies. How your lifestyle overrides your genes when it comes to your health. The top five toxic foods most of us are still eating. The phenomenal power of biofeedback-based frequency medicine like the amp coil, which I brought with me and threw Jane on. It was pretty fun. The matrix decoder and how it could possibly replace so many dangerous medical interventions. Tips for hacking air travel. How to treat kidney infections naturally. Alternative cancer therapies that really work the science and history of iridology, the basic principles of Chinese and Ayurvedic medicine and how to use them in our modern world, and then finally, how important sleep is to allow your brain to detox. So as you can see, this is an info-packed epic double episode. It brings me great pleasure to bring you today Dr. Jane Goldberg. And here we are with Dr. Jane Goldberg. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Luke. So Jane and I, listeners, just spent a day of biohacking together yesterday. I don't even know if Jane's familiar with that term. To her, it's probably just like daily life. But I talked to Jane, and she's been doing this stuff for a very long time, alternative healing, alternative medicine, and anti-aging technologies. And she has this place that we're sitting in now that you can't see unless you're watching on Instagram Live or Facebook Live called... 
La Casa Spa in New York City, and it is like the mecca that I've been looking for for the past 10 years I've been coming here. We've been up to some crazy stuff. So Jane, thank you for having me. Thank you for hooking me up to all kinds of neat things yesterday. And uh, here we are. We're going to do this. Thank you, Luke. I just want to say I renamed us from La Casa Spa three, four years ago to La Casa Spa and Wellness because so much of what we do is really hardcore holistic health. We really are a wellness health holistic center. I think that's a good idea because yeah. when I'm posting it on social media and stuff in the interview, I was like, God, it's so much more than a spa. So I'm glad you mentioned that. That's yeah. cool. And we'll, of course, link to your website and everything when the show comes out and all that stuff. But yeah, it definitely is like a very comprehensive center. In fact, I've been to a lot of these kind of places and I think you probably have per square footage, the most alternative healing devices I've ever seen in one place in my life. Well, I'm kind of a device junkie. <laughs> I can tell. But I'm also a holistic junkie. So we do things both. We do right. things with machines and devices, but we also have very hands-on. And every single treatment that we do here is something that I have incorporated into my personal life. So I've tested and tried everything. And if it doesn't work, I don't use it. And if it does, if I see results in terms of my own mind, body, spirit, then it comes right down awesome. here. Awesome. Let's take it way back in the time machine because you've been doing this for a long time. How did you first get into natural healing back in the beginning? And how long has it been anyway that you've been like on this path? Well, I'll begin by saying that I'm 71 years old. And I'm saying that because if you do have viewers that are looking at me, they'll probably say that I don't look 71. And if I was standing up and doing yoga or, you know, just moving my body, they would also say, well, she doesn't move like a 71-year-old either. I've noticed that. When we were <laughs> hanging out yesterday and you showed me the infrared sauna, like you just sat down in this like Insta yoga pose. I was like, damn, I can't even sit like that. And I'm 46. Yeah. So yeah, those of you listening to the podcast, I can attest to whatever you're doing anti-aging wise, that shit is working. So yes. So how'd you first get into it? So I had just moved to New York. It was 69, uh, the year after I graduated from college. And my mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And I had a very close relationship with my mother, and that was completely unacceptable to me. This, of course, was pre-internet. It was pre-the word holistic health, even. But I just started calling all over the world to see who knew what about cancer. And that led me to a woman here in New York, Ruth Sackman, who had founded the Foundation for Advancement of Cancer Therapies. And she guided my mother changed my mother's nutritional program, got my mother to really understand serious detoxification. My mother started meditating and she went from being in a wheelchair to playing tennis again. Wow. And far outlived her prognosis. Wow. And that, so that was back in like 69, 70? 69 is when we started. Wow. Yeah. And then I became Ruth Sackman's assistant for the foundation. So that was kind of my stomping grounds for learning about holistic health. Oh, that is awesome. So I was born in October 1970. So during that time, you were like already well underway with all of this type of technology. I was living in wild and woolly New York City. At the time, because New York City was pretty dangerous then. Like, I'd walk yeah. out of my apartment and, you know, one time I was held up at knife point, you know, another right. time somebody just grabbed my camera and ran. And so, yeah. <laughs> I remember being a little kid and, I mean, movies like Taxi Driver came out. Yeah. And, I mean, any, like, footage or anything that you'd see of New York City in the 70s, it looked like a really dangerous place, like Times Square and 42nd Street. I mean, I remember being a kid and the movie The Warriors 
right? With all the like the gangs in the Bronx and stuff. Right. Like New York City in the seventies was very ominous and dangerous, and there was, you know, footage of burned out buildings in Harlem, and you know, it looked very lawless. So it must have been an interesting time to kind of be into things like meditation and holistic living and health and all that. It was unusual when I opened La Casa, which was the same year my daughter was born, nineteen ninety three. We literally were the only people doing colonics. The reason why I got into colonics is because one of the things that my mother and I learned from the main healing practitioner that was treating her, Bernard Jensen, who was out in California, so every six months we would go out there. He developed something called the Kalima board, which was like a home colonic unit. I've done that. Yeah. Is that what you guys do here? Do you have, no, the, we you have, have a modernized system? We have a real colonic oh, okay. unit, but there were no colonics anywhere. <laughs> they didn't and, even have machines yeah, back exactly. then. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. And my mother was living in New Orleans. And so I did the Kalima board every day for 10 years and completely revamped, redid my entire intestinal system. Would you explain, because I have one of those sitting in my garage. I live in an apartment now and it's difficult to set up because I don't have a lot of space in the bathroom. But would you explain that system versus a modernized, more like pressure-based system just for people listening? Well, the main difference is whether you're comfortable with being close to your own poop. <laughs> so the Kalima board, you do it in your own bathroom and it's a board and there's a hole that you put over the toilet and then you lay on the board the other side of it is supported by a chair. And you get a big bucket and you elevate it. And then um, the water, there's a tube that goes from the bucket basically through the tube and into your bottom. And then it goes into your intestinal tract. And then one of the useful differences is that with a Kalima board, your body decides when to release. With the colonic, the practitioner decides when you want to take the water in and when your body should release the water. And she does it by feeling and she does it with the feedback of the client. So you actually get a more thorough cleansing with a colonic. But I do find that when I tell people about the Kalima board, you've given the most enthusiastic response to Kalima board I've gotten in the 24 years that I've been doing this. Nobody wants to be close to their poop. I'm not afraid of my poop. I want to get well. You know what I mean? I'd rather do that than end up with a colostomy bag when I'm 65. You know, so it's like you either pay the farmer now or you pay the doctor later. <laughs> so I've gotten used to bodily fluids and stuff like that to a degree. Why I'm interested about the Kalima board and want to explain it is when I first got into all of this stuff myself, I went to a place called Angel Farms in Hawaii, which is essentially this woman, Cindy Sellers, and she has this kind of adjunct clinic out of her house and she does all gravity fed ozonated colonics and it's the same gravity method as the Klima board. They just kind of souped it up a little bit. And that was my introduction and it was very gentle and effective. I did it for 12 days in a row for two hours a day. I think it was like 20 gallons of water a day went in anatomy. And I found some old black weird stuff from like when I was a kid, but other people in there like piles of worms came out. Yeah. I mean, just insanity. You didn't eat any solid food, just had like soup and smoothies the whole time to give, you know, clear the pathway. But what I liked about that was that it actually wasn't that uncomfortable once you sort of surrendered to the process and having gone to some, I think, less qualified practitioners of the normal kind of standardized colonics that don't really know what they're doing. I found it to be very uncomfortable at times and almost feeling like I shouldn't be doing this. This actually hurts, you know? So that's yeah. why I kind of perk up about the Kalima board because a lot of people don't know about it. And you're right. A lot of people probably wouldn't set that thing up in their bathroom unless they had cancer or really desperate, you know? Yeah. It's kind of a, there, pro it's kind of a project, you know? There are only two reasons why a colonic would be uncomfortable. One is because the practitioner is 
filling you up too much with water and not being sensitive to when you should be expelling the water. And the other is if you have a history of constipation. And so as the water goes first through your descending colon, then your transverse colon, and then sometimes it reaches your ascending colon, if there's material that's lining the walls of the colon, which is a muscle, that has kind of impacted into the walls. So there are a few problems with that. One of them is that because it's a muscle, it's a little like giving birth, having a bowel movement, because the muscle contracts, it moves. And that movement that we call peristaltic movement is what moves the material, the waste material, through that muscle. And so it's got to go, you know, uphill, and then it goes across the body, and then it goes down the body. So if the wall is coated with stuff, then as that stuff begins to break off, that could be a little uncomfortable, but it really should not be uncomfortable. And if you have a really good therapist, then she'll massage your abdomen and that will help to loosen some of that stuff. And our two colon therapists have been with us since we opened. We've, wow. we've done more colonics probably in the country than <laughs> wow. in any other place. Okay, I need to book. I need to get in here. I've been kind of putting it off for a little while. I mean, and don't you think just for general maintenance, not even someone who has a chronic disease, but isn't a colonic something you might want to do, you know, three or four days in a week period seasonally or something like that? Like what would be your general recommendation for just people living a modern lifestyle? My recommendation is getting a good colon therapist who knows what she sees. Okay. So when the material comes out and she's looking at it through a tube, she can tell if you're digesting your food, she can tell how long the material has been sitting in your colon, whether it's been in there 10 years or two days. And I would follow those recommendations. Okay, cool. Good advice. Yeah. You know, the one thing that it's funny, like saying that having that relationship with your poop and not being afraid of it, it's kind of fun actually seeing what comes out because you know, you're getting rid of really bad stuff. Like the type where you see the tube go by and you kind of watch and then the hydrotherapist will say, oh, that was a parasite. That was a this. And you're like, oh, thank God I'm getting this gross stuff out of me. So once you get over that sort of initial ooh effect, then it's actually kind of neat to see that you're cleansing and getting to observe what's going on inside, at least for me, but I'm a geek, you know? The colonic is all completely sterile. It's all enclosed. And so if you don't want to know anything about your poop, you don't have to. Right, right. But I want to say that we also, I have developed uh, unique colonics that aren't done anywhere else because I invented them. And uh, one of the more popular ones is the ozone colonic. So we we do that here also. Awesome. We have an ozone generator over there, and we do ozone steam cabinets, but we also ozonate the water that we use in the ozone colonic. What added benefit does ozonating the water have anyway? Well, ozone is like one of the miracles of the earth. Ozone O3 is basically activated oxygen, so it's just O2 with a molecule added to it. Ozone kills every pathogen known to mankind. Wow. Ozone kills cancer cells upon contact. So there are four countries that do ozone. The United States is not one of them. You mean like in an allopathic traditional hospital setting? Cuba has an ozone clinic or ozone hospital. They have a whole hospital that's set up for ozone. Russia does ozone. India does ozone. Germany does ozone. So what do those countries have in common? They have in common that they are all poor and oxygen is free, except with the exception of Germany. Germany is not a poor country. But guess what? After World War II, Germany was very poor. 
And that's when ozone started to be. So Germany actually does more ozone than any country around. And of course, the Germans are so far ahead of us in so many things like homeopathy. And so yeah, I've noticed that over the years that a lot of people that get sick and are seeking an alternative method of getting well will do sort of uh, natural healing tourism to Germany. That seems to be a spot where there's, you know, the Rife machine and just all this sort of gadgets seem to be invented there, the ones that work at least and that really gain traction and kind of stick around. So they definitely seem to be onto something that we're not on here. I wonder how they've avoided being trapped in the big pharma sort of cage that we're in where, you know, the FDA and the, you know, the whole system here kind of prevents natural healing technologies to emerge because there's no money to be made. And like you said, oxygen's free, right? So it's like, yeah, okay. So someone can market and sell an ozone generator, but like you can get those for a couple thousand dollars, you know? So, but if you get someone on medication for the rest of their life or five or six of them, you're talking about, you know, you can milk one person, pharmaceutically speaking, for, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for the rest of their life without them actually getting well. So I wonder how Germany's managed to avoid that system. Yeah, I'm not sure. But if I had to present a theory, I would say that it had to do with World War II. Uh, yeah. There certainly are big pharmaceutical companies in Germany. And there is some evidence even that they had something to do with the gas chambers and that kind of thing. But after the war was over, and they obviously lost, I think that it became kind of the Wild West a little bit. Ah, uh, okay, right, yeah. right. And then, you know, all things were possible. So one of the uh, colonics that I created here is called the intensive colonic. So we use a technology called PEMF, which is pulsed electromagnetic field. And we do it as a standalone treatment. And I can talk about that a little bit. But we also do it with a colonic. So basically, the pulsing of the magnetic energy, the machine that we use is so powerful that your whole muscle is just going back and forth like this. Oh, so, that's genius. Yeah, you're getting the best peristaltic movement stimulation that you can get anywhere, much more thorough than just a mere massage, you know, with the practitioner. That's one of our very popular colonics. In Germany, they really believe in PEMF. And I'll tell you how PEMF came to be known as the technology. All of the cancer clinics that are holistic in Germany do not operate without PEMF. They don't give any treatment at You're talking these, about surgeries? I'm talking about holistic cancer clinics wow. in Germany. They give no treatments without doing PEMF first because they find that doing the PEMF enhances all other treatments. So most of the holistic clinics are not doing surgery. Some of them do, but PEMF is there. Wow. Um, PEMF began to be understood. Who won the space war? Do you know, Luke? I mean, we pretended we did. Yeah, but we didn't. <laughs> that's the I point. I don't know. We could get into the moon landing shit. I mean, that's a whole other podcast, but yeah. Long before the Stanley moon landing. Stanley Kubrick and all of that. There's some funny stuff going on with the official story there. Okay, so this is not about the moon landing. This is just the first space shuttle. Oh, okay, okay. Yuri okay. Gangren went up. Okay. He was Russian. He went up for, I don't know how long it was, like 47 minutes. He came back near death. His entire metabolic system had collapsed. He was clinically depressed for the rest of his life, which was not long. He only lived another seven years and then committed suicide. Wow. He never regained his health. So the Russians, after he came back and they found him close to death, they said, we have to understand this before we send anybody else up. And what they began to understand was that when you separate yourself from Earth's magnetic and gravitational field, basically you start dying. 
right. all of your cells you start dying. You kind of disintegrate, right? Yeah. Because that... Your cells start yeah, yeah. disintegrating. So, okay, cool. Yeah. And so this every is, space shuttle, manned space shuttle that has gone up since that yeah. first one has had PMF technology in it. You know what I do? When I get on the airplane, I bring my Earth Pulse PMF. Yeah. It generates all kinds of frequencies, but I use the Schumann resonance frequency. Yes. Yes. And I put the two magnets under my seat. Perfect. <laughs> That's amazing. But I always get stopped by TSA, you know. Yeah. And I brought that. I showed you the amp coil yesterday, yeah. which I, I talk about a lot on fabulous. the show now. Yeah, and I brought that on the carry on. But from the company, they're like, "Dude, do not open that thing up on the plane. It's not safe. It's too mm -hmm. powerful." So I did everyone on the plane safety a favor. But the little Earth pulses, you know, I don't think the field's strong enough to mess with anyone, you know. Yeah. And I use that thing, and uh, I find that it really helps mitigate some of the effects of just being thirty thousand feet up for six eight hours. You exactly. Know? Yeah. So yeah. So that's interesting. I never. I Speaking, just intuitively did that. I didn't know like that no, there was any science behind it. I was just see, like, I said, well, I'm leaving the magnetic field. I'm going thirty thousand, thirty five thousand feet up. How can I create my own little magnetic field? Yes. To just create a more natural environment. And you're also now going to create your own, killing the pathogens in the air from the air being recycled from everybody in the plane that has God knows what, because you're going to get one of those little things that you wear around your neck that emits ozone. Oh, the ozone generator. <laughs> you know what? I got one of those on Amazon. It was like 50 bucks because I thought, you know, again, I know that it kills pathogens and you're breathing in all that gross recycled air, which is disgusting. It's always weird because I always wonder, we're up in the freaking sky. Can't they just let a little fresh yeah, air right. in? Wouldn't you, you know, think so? so? It's so weird. I've yeah. always tripped out on that. I'm sure there's a scientific reason why. But I got my little ozone thing. It was great. You just smell this like spring fresh air. But I made it from LA to New York. And then on the plane back, it broke. And I never got a new one. I guess I got to find a more expensive one. So if you have the little necklace on, it's sort of like a lanyard. Yes. right? And the idea is yes. that that's cleaning the air around your face so that as you breathe on the plane you're not breathing in disgusting stuff. It's killing the pathogens, yeah. Right. I want to say about the ozone that we do here, so yeah. we also do insufflations in your various receptacles or holes in your body. I was actually showing that on Instagram a lot after the your client left, obviously. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't like peeking over the little fence and showing her, but I was like, I think someone in there right now is taking vaginal ozone. And I kind of showed uh -huh. it after she left, you know, uh -huh. so, so let's talk about that because this is fascinating. Well, what I want to tell you about is one of the clients that we had who had pretty serious Lyme and she was coming in and doing PEMF and ozone and getting great results, but she knew she had parasites. And so she actually did ozone directly from the generator, not in the colonic, but from the generator. So ozone gas right. going into her rectum and it stimulated peristaltic movement. She ran to the bathroom and... I am measuring a foot between my two fingers here, if your viewers are not watching. A worm came out a foot long. Wow. This it, isn't a fishing tail, right? Like, were you exaggerating? No. No. <laughs> it was this big. <laughs> it was a foot long. What did it look like? Like an earthworm? Or um, I can't remember what kind of worm it was. Okay. I knew then, and okay. I actually have a picture of it, and I looked it up. And I do have a slide of it that wow. I present in my talks. Oh, okay. Um, but it was a common worm. Right, right. Wow, that's crazy. So the interesting thing about the ozone gas then, when you put it inside your body like that, is that it kills bacteria and pathogens, but it's nature's intelligence knows to leave the good stuff alone, right? Absolutely. I mean, you're not killing your, you know, the good bacteria in your bowel or whatever, right? So let me segue over that's so, to... That's so interesting to me that like nature created something that knows what to do in you. So it's you're weird. from LA. Yeah, yeah. So when they say the ozone level is high, don't jog outside. 
everybody thinks ozone's a bad thing. Ozone is like God's gift, yeah. you know, to Earth. Yeah. Ozone is created when there's a lot of pollution because ozone cleanses the atmosphere. Right. So at my center in Puerto Rico, which unfortunately has just been subjected to a terrible hurricane, but when we're down there, we, we're in the rainforest. We're in the beginning of the hill of the rainforest. So we look up at the peak of El Junque, and we see there's a rainstorm there, but I don't even have to look. I know from smelling it. I smell the ozone that's being created from all of that agitation of the atmosphere a little right. higher than us. Right. And I breathe very deeply. So I do that too. You know where that happens a lot is if you're out, like I notice in uh, Colorado or Texas or Montana, Idaho, for some reason in those areas, maybe it's the altitude and in some of the places that I've been, when it starts to rain, there's that very special smell. I guess maybe it probably happens everywhere, but it never rains in LA. So I, it's like a foreign thing to me. But that's that ozone and it smells so good. And you intuitively just start huffing it and taking deep breaths. I do the same thing. I'm just yeah. like, my body knows that that's good for me, you know? Those of you listening, you may hear bells and whistles at various times, and you know I'm a stickler for good sound, but this was the best room to do this recording, so please forgive us if you hear weird stuff. I might edit some of it out, some of it I might just let it fly. I'd like to take a minute to tell you about a company that's very cool that I recently discovered called Health IQ. They're a life insurance company that helps you save money on your life insurance policy based on your health IQ. So based on your lifestyle, diet, and all of that. So imagine if you saved money on your car insurance because you're a good driver, right? As you should. Well, Health IQ saves you money in your life insurance for living a health conscious lifestyle. It's really dope. So to check it out and to see if you qualify, go to healthiq.com forward slash lifestylist. You can save yourself a substantial amount of money. In fact, 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance policies. Really cool stuff. I want to support these guys. They are innovators. They're doing something very cool for the community. So go to healthiq.com forward slash lifestylist to see if you qualify. Now, why would a woman elect to take ozone vaginally? Oh, if she has yeast, candida, uh, okay. UTI. We have plenty of women that come in here with UTIs, chronic UTIs, and after one treatment, they'll feel a difference. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. I mean, I don't think one treatment will cure it, but they'll feel right. a difference. Right. And then for someone that was really sick and they're taking, say, a rectal treatment of ozone on a regular basis, the idea is then that ozone gets into the blood? Um, I mean, in other words, like instead of just, you can't just inhale it or what are the various means by which one could get that ozone into their body if they wanted to treat with it? Can you do it intravenously or? Yes, uh, that's how mostly it's done. Oh, okay. Um, I had a bacterial infection in my ear actually uh, some years ago and I was trudging up to the doctor that does IV ozone and I did four or five days and I'll tell you, when you have an infection that's active, you know, you really feel like shit. Yeah. And so it was hard work for me to get up there. And after uh, four or five sessions, I felt no different. Right. You know, I live upstairs. And so I just decided, let me just go downstairs and do the ozone steam cabinet. Right. And that was the first time that I felt better. So I am a big fan of the steam cabinet as opposed to the... Also, I can't do IV anymore. I tried about a year ago and every time... So he got my vein, which was good. I have good veins for, you know, getting IVs in. And every time he started to push in the ozone, my vein collapsed. He tried three times. 
And I said, okay, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's a horrible feeling. So that happens to me every once in a while when I do like a Myers cocktail or like a vitamin mineral IV. They just, I don't know, that day they can't get a vein or the tech doesn't know what they're doing. And yeah. like once they start missing, I'm just like, I'm good. <laughs> Never mind. Like yeah. we can, I'll take some vitamins. Never mind, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so you, can, you can do it through your ears. I think that through the ears is a really good preventative for Alzheimer's, oh, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Somebody was asking on Instagram comments about brain health. Yeah. I've yet to hear about that. That's no, I think ozone through the ears, ear insufflation is really good for the brain. Wow. I mean, how could it not be? Right. So I have a system. It's a Russian system. It's a frequency scanning system. Right. Virtually every person, I've been using this for 10 years now, every person that I scan is not getting enough blood into their brain. What do you get if you need more blood in your brain? You need oxygen. Right. So what better way to get oxygen than to put it through your ear? And again, ozone is activated oxygen. It's just one additional molecule to O2. Right. I noticed that you have an inversion uh, table here. Do you think that's a good way to get more blood and Absolutely. oxygen into the brain? Yeah. You can do the full tilt, but some people get scared about doing that. Upstairs, I actually have a slant board, so it's stable. And I like that, and it pulls all my vertebra apart from each other because my head is down and my feet are up at a 45-degree angle, and I just lie on it. And usually I fall asleep, you know, for 20 minutes. When they're pulled apart, what happens? More oxygen can get in. So it also kind of instantly puts you in alignment. The gravity inversion, the beauty of that, and the fact that it does move and that it's not stable the way the slant board is, is that you can oscillate on it. So I usually put people on that when they're having lymphatic stagnation. And instead of going all the way up, I tell them to just kind of float at a maybe 30 degrees both ways and just oscillate going up, down, up, down, up, down. And what that will do is help to move the lymphatic fluid. So anytime you have breast issues, anytime you have groin issues, whether you're a male or a female, it's usually lymphatic. Right, right. Yeah, where the nodes are, things kind of get blocked up at those right. intersections. Right. Interesting. I noticed your inversion table has some sort of infrared element too. You know, I've it, never seen that. I was like, wow, yeah. that's cool. I like like stacking technologies. Like if you're going to sit there and spend time doing something, if you can do five things at once as long as they don't interact poorly, like why not? So... The thing that I like to say to the clients that come here and they're interested in the various techniques and technologies that we have is, okay, I'm showing you this and I don't want to see you again. I want them to change their lifestyle. So the gravity inversion machine I found on Amazon for $200. If you have enough room, and most people outside of New York City have enough room to have a gravity inversion, if you're struggling with cancer or Lyme, I think you should have your own ozone equipment. I think that what it is that you do on a repetitive basis is going to be much more effective than paying your money and coming here every now and then. Right. So I really believe. I kind of feel bad for people that live in New York City because you really, I mean, unless you're very wealthy or unless you moved here in 1968 or whatever, right. like you have a huge space here, you know, right. but it's like most people don't. Even people I know that do pretty well for themselves, like they're like, oh, you got to come to my place. It's really nice. And I walk in, I'm like, where's the other rooms? Like, this is it, you know? <laughs> So you don't have space. Like I have an infrared sauna, a clear light sauna at home. I have all these, you know, I don't have a huge house. It's a decent sized two bedroom apartment, but I have an office slash kind of little healing lab, you know, and I go, God, I couldn't live in New York because it couldn't fit all my stuff. So it's cool that you kind of, I bet you do well because people, even if they can afford this stuff, there's nowhere to put it. So they can come here and kind of like get themselves dialed in and then just adjust their lifestyle so that they stop doing things that prevent their body from healing, right? 
So I think of California as being a good place for the body. And I think about New York as being a good place for the brain. The mental stimulation that I get from being here has been unsurpassed. Interesting. And I meet really smart people here. Yeah. And everybody in California, or I shouldn't say everybody, there's a lot of laid back in California. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. That's funny. I've never heard that distinction for New York and L.A. I don't like, think I've ever thought of it till just now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, it's interesting that you say that because the energy here in the city is very like beta wave entrainment. Because I'm, I'm pretty chill. I'm very California. Like, I'm pretty mellow. I mean, I have my hyper moments, but I'm pretty slow and, like, chill. But I was noticing today as I was preparing to come here and record and just doing my stuff, I was, like, really amped up. Yeah. And I just, I had a normal one little coffee this morning. I didn't, I'm like, what did I do? No, this... The, but the energy of the city, like, really does kind of entrain you to be pumped up. The mantra for description of the city is the city that never sleeps. And I would say it's a very awake city. Right. That's true. Okay, cool. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm going to start to kind of pay attention to that. I think that's why when I come here, I love finding, um, you know, meditation centers. And I'm like always trying to escape from that energy and take little moments of reprieve and then go back out into the hustle. Because if I just go full on when I'm here, I kind of get crazy. And that brings us to flotation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that because you've got a float tank here and there's not... I don't call it a tank. I a, call it a chamber. A chamber. That's yeah. right. Okay. So... But when you can did, stand up in it. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that turns some people off. They think you're like confined in some coffin or something like those right. old Samadhi well, models. Well, yeah, the old ones were like the coffins. The first ones, They yeah. were freaky. Yeah. So how? Did, when did you first get into uh, the float tanks and stuff like that? Because I have a feeling you probably found it before a lot of people did. I'm pretty sure our float room has been here from the beginning. For New York, I think it's really ideal because, as you say, the energy is so intense. So when you say the beginning, when was that? I think I said this. We opened in 93, the okay, same okay. year my daughter came. So, so you had a float tank at way back then. Greg, the manager, would know oh, better, okay. but I'm pretty sure we had it It wasn't six months beginning. ago when they like got no, hip, no, in other no. words. Yeah. Okay. No, I think we had it from the beginning. I had floated once before I opened La Casa, and I thought it was a pretty interesting experience. I had read a lot about John Lilly, and I just thought, I again, everything that I have here is what I want for my own lifestyle every day or every week. So I want to float. So I have a float room. So in your float room, how often these days do you find yourself getting in there? You know what? I know we had it from the beginning because I just had a memory. Ah. It saved my life when my daughter came. She was staying up at night, keeping me awake, you know, three in the morning, six in the morning. And I'm a working woman. I'm a psychoanalyst by day. I own this also. And I also am an author. So I have a busy life. So taking care of my daughter was also, you know, very time consuming. And so about three o'clock, usually, I would start feeling like I'm half dead. I would go float. It saved my life when she was an infant. I would float for an hour. I would come out four o'clock. Oh, hello. New day. Yay. So we did have it from the beginning. So we've had it 24 years. And for the listeners, I've talked about float tanks and isolation chambers and all this on a few shows. But for people that aren't familiar with what we're talking about, how would you describe what it is and what the experience is like? You walk into maybe 10 inches of water. It's not a lot of water. I mean, it's not very deep, but it's 800 pounds of Epsom salt. So that's what gives you the float or flotation ability. So you're not dropping down. It's kind of like the Dead Sea, but the water is heated to skin temperature. So there's essentially no nerve transmission from your skin to your brain. So you can do various things with that. You can fall asleep the way I did. 
because you're so relaxed. And also the Epsom salts is just magnesium. So magnesium is like the most soothing element that we have. Or you can decide to use it. You can meditate. Or you can, what John Lilly was doing was kind of going into what we could call supra-consciousness, a different kind of mental set, and get really creative and imaginative and do really great work mentally while you're floating. You know what I find, because I love floating. I go in for two-hour floats all the time. We've got a great clinic out in LA called Just Float out in Pasadena. It's actually now the world's largest float center. I think they have like 15 rooms or something. It's just this epic center. It's amazing. But I like every aspect of it except one thing. I have these explosions of creativity. I get these ideas. <laughs> They're just like, my consciousness expands and it's like almost like a psychedelic trip. But I and don't, you don't have any paper I don't, to yeah, take notes. Yeah, you can't write it down. You know, you're sitting in a dark room yeah. with no sound, no light. You're all wet. If you like scratch your face or something, you'll get salt in your eyes. Right. So you're, you're kind of immobilized in a right. sense. I mean, you can wiggle around, but if you're going to move, you kind of have to get out. And I don't want to get out and get light in my eyes and all that. So I always just like, okay, I guess if it's like the will of the universe, I'm going to remember this, what I think is a brilliant epiphany when I get out of here. If not, I just have to let it go and hope it comes back. But that's yeah. the only thing because I like map out like my business and this idea for the show and videos and content. And then I get out and I'm like, what was that? Because you just, you go into this transcendent place. It's, I describe it like as a forced meditation. It's like you almost can't not meditate in a float unless you just totally fall asleep the whole time. So that leads me to talk about Brainer Size, which is this company that I started a few years back. And I've been cool. writing the book since then. And I've developed a set of exercises. So this is one of the things that I've learned from researching my book on the brain. One of the most valuable things that the brain can do is nothing is just space out. And as a psychoanalyst, what I tell my patients is, tell me all your thoughts and feelings. Tell me what you want me to know about you. Tell me your life history. Tell me whatever you want. So I'm basically asking them to mind wander. And when the person does that, you can find some pretty interesting kind of nooks and crannies and caves to go to that, oh my God, I didn't know that was there. When you're floating or when I'm running, I get my most creative juices flowing when I'm running, actually. That's basically what you're doing. You're not focusing. It's the opposite of focusing. And your mind will lead you. The journey is your brain's journey, not your conscious will journey. That's when we get our most imaginative selves awakened. Right. Wow, that's And there's research that shows that. Yeah, I've read a little bit about that recently, that it's really good for you just to sit there and space out, where I think those of us that are kind of type A and very proactive, productive people feel like if we're not doing something specific and pointing the direction of our awareness to something and like, quote unquote, getting something done or accomplishing something that we're like wasting our time, when in fact doing nothing and just letting yourself sit there and daydream is actually really good for the important cognitive ability you need later when you do have to focus and be productive, Exactly. You need to be able to do both. Okay, right. Cool. So it's almost like doing nothing is exercise for your brain in a sense. Yeah. Cool. And the float tank facilitates that because you really have no choice but to kind of sit there and just let go. Right. Otherwise, you're going to have a really miserable time. I've taken people to float and maybe 25% of them will come out and go, I was just bored. Like, what are you supposed to do? You're just sitting there. You're all wet. This sucks. Dude, that's the whole point. You're doing nothing. Like, that's the beauty of it. It's the one place in the universe where you can go and be free of your body and almost disassociate and just let yourself trip out and let your mind wander and daydream. I would predict that the people that say that 
also don't have an active dream life. Oh, interesting. Because the brain is pretty active when you don't do anything with it. Right. It's still active. It's still right. wide awake. Do you meditate um, in the I'm, traditional sense? I'm apologetic <laughs> that I don't, <laughs> but uh, I do do yoga and I consider yoga to be a kind of meditation. Sure, sure. I was just curious because I find in like a traditional meditation practice that you know, I always used to think that to meditate, oh, you're supposed to make your mind quiet. And then my teacher said, no, it's the opposite. You're supposed to let your mind just do whatever your mind wants to do. The meditation is just giving yourself a break from willing your thoughts to do one thing or another. And I found it to be really cathartic in almost the same way. Some meditations, I'm really just sort of daydreaming and spacing out. And my mind is actually quite active, but it's a positive experience and it feels healthy. It feels good, you know? I think meditation accomplishes the same thing as psychoanalysis. In psychoanalysis, we call it the observing ego. So basically what you're doing is what we call free association. I think free association is basically just a very fancy word for mind wandering or a technical word for mind wandering. You're looking at what you're thinking and feeling. You're developing this observing ego that is watching the mentation, the ability of your mind to go where it wants to go and where it wants to take you. And we call it in meditation, the meditative mind, but the meditative mind and the observing ego are basically the same. A lot of my psychoanalytic patients come to me because they feel overwhelmed because, okay, one of my patients, her, she just found out that her boyfriend cheated on her and she is hysterical. For the last five days, she's been totally hysterical. So we get very overwhelmed with our feelings and especially when the feelings are that negative. And what do we do with our feelings? I mean, she's really beside herself. She would like to, you know, either shoot him or pull out her hair or do something really dramatic. But she's not. And so she's just really overcome with the intensity of the feelings. And when you develop the meditative mind or the observing ego, instead of being identified completely with your feelings and just being your feelings, that that is the full definition of who you are. I feel like shit. You're actually looking at your feelings. You're outside of your feelings looking at yourself. And it's a whole different ballgame. It feels completely different. And it's very calming. You just described what saved my life. <laughs> I mean, I remember when that gap started, that separation started yeah. to happen for me. Yeah. When I started to actually be able to observe my thoughts and feelings and have that realization that that wasn't who and what I was but rather I was the one watching that happen. And this is the basis of every day for me to exert my will or you know whatever resources I have to stay in that place as I'm riding around in taxis and coming here and setting up my gear and sitting here with you to always sort of have one toe in the water, so to speak, and have that awareness that there's more here than just what my thoughts and feelings are are letting me see. Yeah. But I, didn't, I never thought about the correlation between kind of meditation versus psychotherapy in that when you see an analyst and you describe what your thoughts and feelings are doing, that third party being the analyst can kind of reflect back the witness standpoint because they are right. in fact a witness to the whole phenomena going on. Would right. you agree? Right. That's cool. What a great correlation. I love the word witness because I think that we all need witnesses to who we are and to our lives. Psychoanalysis generally is a very long-term relationship. A lot of my patients have been with me 35 years, 40 years. So when somebody knows your whole life story and witnesses you as you go through your life story, the feedback that you can get is pretty valuable. Are you good at visualization? Yeah. So just think about some water 
and there's a brain <laughs> sitting in the water, but 10% of the brain is outside the water and the 90% left is under the water. That's basically how your brain is functioning. 90% of what your brain is doing is unconscious or a part of the autonomic nervous system. It's just happening on its own. The part of the brain that actually you can control through willpower and attention, it's a very small part. That's so funny. That's so humbling, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I think for those of us that feel smart sometimes, it's like, yeah, we have no clue what's really going on. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I really, I think there's an immense value in seeking counsel from someone who has a spiritual perspective or an understanding of just basic human behavior, whether that be, you know, like your spiritual advisor, therapist, psychoanalyst. I think anyone that doesn't have some sort of analyst or some sort of beacon of wisdom that they're referring their life to on a semi-regular basis is clinically fucking nuts. <laughs> no one person can, no matter how much you meditate, can view themselves that objectively all the time. And I found in those moments, like you mentioned, one of your clients that's been cheated on, in those acute moments of emotional pain where it could manifest in behavior that really damages your life or other people's lives if you don't keep that in check, that without someone else outside of you to say, hey, well, here's what I see from a totally different point of view than I'm able to achieve no matter how hard I work at it. You know, it's like to have someone who's got some experience and wisdom say, well, hey, did you look at it this way? I'm always like, shit, I never would have thought of that, you know? So I think there's an immense value in that. Okay, so that leads me to a very personal story. Okay. When I first started being an analyst, I had a patient who I was wildly attracted to. Oh, oops. And, um, <laughs> well, there's no problem being attracted to a patient. Well, can, there's yeah. only a problem if you decide you want to act on it. Right, right. So um, I was really, you know, kind of hovering over that edge. And I talked about it with my analyst. She said, well, you're way too professional to do that. And I didn't know that I was way too professional to do that until she told me I was. But as soon as she said it, I said, yeah, right. That's who I am. And maybe it wasn't who I was the minute before she said it, but it's who I became because it's who I wanted to be. So we continued having a successful analysis. And by the way, he moved to California <laughs> and, li and he's a yogini teacher there and he has a very successful life there. Wow. Interesting. So you kind of... And got married to a fabulous woman. Cool. So karma played itself out because you had someone to sort of exactly. show you. I think that's true also is that someone that can, I know in my life I've struggled with self-worth and shame and just being able to own my highest best self and embody that and really interact and interface with the world from that point of view. It's something I'm constantly working on and getting that kind of feedback from others that say, what are you doing, man? You're better than this. Like you got this, you can do this or this kind of like that, boost of confidence from someone who's really able to see who you are in those moments when you can only see the darkness or the shadow parts of oneself. It's a beautiful thing to have that reflected back. Yeah. That's cool. Wow. You're, you're so awesome. I love talking to you. This is fun. <laughs> this is fun. We're like 45 minutes in. I'm like, I'm not stopping. You, you're going to have to pull this mic out of the recorder. Uh, I hope to, you have an audience that has the uh, bandwidth for this Oh, they long. do. No, yeah. you know what? The audience love, and I'm speaking about you and the third person audience listener right now, based on feedback, they love deep and real and honest conversations. You know, no matter where they meander, I think it's the, the realness that people gravitate toward in my show. And that's what I'm always trying and, to achieve. And those least. are the people that I watch the, the videos of also, if they're authentic. And right. you can tell if they believe in what they're saying or if they're just saying it.
Okay, okay, okay. So we made it through part one, you guys. And now you can see why I had to break this into a double episode. So I want to encourage you strongly to tune in this Friday or just subscribe to the show. That makes it easy and that way it'll just end up on your device. But you want to tune in for part two on Friday because the fun has only begun, kids. We really, really dig in. And episodes like this, I think, are made possible because of all the biohacking that we did actually prior to recording. Really, really fun time with Jane. What a knowledgeable and brilliant and inspiring woman. Like a girl after my own heart. We had such a great time. Okay, so you're going to tune in Friday. You're going to subscribe. You don't want to miss the rest of this. And I also want to remind you, as I always do, that you need to get on my newsletter. So what were there, like 150 links or something, basically, that Jane and I talked about in this episode? There's plenty more in part two. If you want to get all of the live links and every resource that I talk about with every guest emailed directly to your inbox each week, here's what you do. You can text me. Text the word lifestylist to the number 44222. That's one word, all lowercase, lifestylist. And the phone number that you text is 44222. Now, that only works on a U.S. phone. So in the U.S., text the word lifestylist to 44222. Outside of the U.S., just go to the intro web and use this URL, lukestory.com forward slash newsletter. Pretty basic, right? Either one of those things will work. It's going to prompt you to enter your name and email. And each week, boing, magically, I'm going to send you all of the show notes from each and every episode. However, be mindful that if you're listening to this episode and you sign up to the newsletter right now, well, that newsletter already went out because this episode's already live. You feel me? So go to lukestory.com forward slash newsletter or text the word lifestylist to 44222 and you will be on the inside edition. You'll be getting the inside scoop, all the good stuff, all right? Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Do me a huge favor, would you? I mean, your ears are already a lot to ask for, but if you could please just right now think of one friend who's into natural health or maybe who has a degenerative disease and could use some support, you know, someone who's into this kind of stuff and just share this episode with them. One friend, that's all I ask. Screen grab it. I think on the app, you can even just click on share now and it'll generate a link and you can text it to someone or email, uh, post it on your social media. A lot of people do that on their Instagram stories, which I really appreciate. And um, you have no idea how, uh, how helpful that is and how much that really supports to get my mission out into the world. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for listening. And here's to part two this Friday. Can't wait to tune back in and drop the rest of this knowledge on your dome. I'd like to, again, thank our sponsor, Athletic Greens, and I want to remind you to get over to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke to hook up with your 20 free travel packs valued at $99. That's right. Get over to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke. Show yourself, them, and the show some love. Thanks, you guys. See you on the next one.